If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. About to blow your fucking mind. Oh, snap. Oh, man. My mind's ready. It's here waiting to be blown. All right. Should we, like, should we do, like, an introduction thing first? Like, tell tell people what this actually is? Maybe. I was was thinking just, like, our names. Oh, I mean, oh, there's that also. You sort of already said my, hi, hi, I'm Christina. Hi, I'm Chelsea. Is that, like, your breathy voice? Like, your, your radio? Hello, this is, this is my sultry radio voice. No, um... Hi, I'm get really close to the microphone to do that. <laughs> Just get real close. Real close. No, I'm I bleh. I'm gonna say it again. All I right. am Christina. I'm Chelsea. I'm I'm the one who says fuck a lot. I'm still gonna just introduce myself like that from now on. That's how we... we're differentiated. Yeah, I'm the one who says fuck a lot. Solid. I would say you're the one with the pretty hair, but like they can't You can't you can't, can't see, see my, my I can see hair. her. Thank you. I can see you. Yeah. Thank you for appreciating how fabulous my hair looks today i mean your hair always looks fabulous i i really you flatter me (laughs) i like the purple i think it works thank you i think you look like a fairy princess yay (laughs) yay all right so so do you want to say the name of this podcast because i always add you always in there somewhere fuck it up Um, i always put the word curses in this is so i'm i'm chelsea this is my sultry radio voice I don't know if the mic is picking up. I expected to do it again. <laughs> no, here you're not. Okay. Uh, and this is cults, cryptids, and conspiracies, um, which Christina keeps calling curses. Curses, Cursed? curses, and curses. It's curses, all curses, curses, and curses. Everything is curses. I mean, I feel like we can fit curses in there, but oh, listen, um... there, there's slight curses fit into mine. Oh, really? There's a little bit. My story involves what could be construed as. A curse. Okay. So there's that. All right. I'm I'm excited for that. I'm going first this time though, because you went first last time. Yes. Um, because I guess that's a. It's like it's like we're like the my favorite murder thing. We're just gonna go back and forth. I mean, I they, feel like they forget which one it is, and we're we're only done like two of these, so it's kind of <laughs> easy to keep track. I mean, I feel like at one point, like if we do like 
a pod if we do an episode on like area 51 i feel like that's gonna take our combined powers um i don't know i feel like i feel like area 51 is sort of overblown a little bit i feel like there's not as much unless we get into like all of the anecdotal little yeah. things that go went on that could take time i suppose yeah i well plus and then we'll do our our five part series on scientology and then no <laughs> one will ever hear from us again and then we'll be disappeared. Yep. Uh, and then we're going to start a whole new podcast. In in the void where we go after the, the Scientologists get us, we start a new podcast? No, we start a new podcast when we're on the run. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll be uh, fugitives of the cult. And <laughs> we'll start a podcast about our lives as fugitives from Scientology. And it's just about, like, all the fun, easy homemaking things you can do while living under an overpass on the run from Scientology. Exactly. Yeah. It'll be good. It'll be great times. And yet somehow we still have recording equipment. Well, yeah. I mean, what there. Yeah. I'm just thinking for some reason, like the thing that's going through my head, like out of all the fucking like radio shit, I'm going to do a thing about a radio show. And yet the one thing going through my head is um, <laughs> book seven of Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> We're just in a tent on the run apparating here and to and fro yep on the run i do have to say um before i start my radio thing though did you see the video from ms23k i posted uh, i don't know maybe i did okay what, was the... it the cryptid the wait was it the cryptid rap yes. yes yes i did see i did see the cryptid rap okay because it's like the greatest thing that's ever happened to me in my life no i've i'm <laughs> definitely there's some things that i want to like in the vein of of those creatures, there are some stories that I would like to tell at some point coming up. I would really like to do like a cartoon animation of the cryptid rap. I don't think <laughs> I'm that talented though. Like I can't draw, so unless they post the because those drawings, the wooden puppets that they had are yeah so fucking adorable. So unless they like post those somewhere where I can basically like trace over them in After Effects, I can't. I can't. No, draw. I say that <laughs> you just do crappy little like stick figure like drop bears and <laughs> and chupacabras wait i thought drop bears were real are drop, drop bears, bears are real? drop bears are not real honey drop bears are not real drop I'm bears cutting that are, <laughs> drop bears are lies that australians tell people to make them feel look, stupid look it seems drop bears are not real out of all the bullshit that co- I just finished reading something about fucking cone snails, like, out of all the shit that comes out of Australia, drop bears did not seem that out of, like, out of the realm of possibility, okay? It is, it is a lie that Australians <laughs> tell tourists Fuck. so that they fear the trees. The drop bear is not real. I feel I feel like that girl who um tweeted if someone believed in it was I think it was a Fallout Boy thing. So do you believe in narwhals? Like oh, I, yep, yeah. It's like man, that girl's gonna like... be really excited in a couple minutes when she when she googles narwhals. Um, oh my god. Yeah, no. Uh please don't cut this. I feel like the world needed to know that you thought Fuck. for a for a hot second you thought drop bears were real. For a hot second. Okay, look, again. Second. Fucking cone snails are real, so, like, everything else is on the table as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> cone snails and... Fuck. Oh, the... What is it? Mantis shrimp? Like, everything else is on the table. The ocean is fucking terrifying, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Just this 
is just the podcast wherein Chelsea fears the sea. I always fear the sea. That is constantly. Um, like Archer, I also uh, fear crocodiles and alligators because they are terrifying and can crush me. I am a tiny I mean, human. It's true. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Well, you, you promised me some, some crazy-ass Russian radio station I did. I did promise you some crazy-ass Russian radio station shit. Okay, so yeah. I'm here to tell you about UVB-76. All right, do it. All right, so, like, here's the thing. It's this radio station that we, we can stretch back about 40 years. Um, no one actually... No, no one actually knows definitively when it started. Um, it's reportedly been broadcasting since the late 1970s, but the earliest known recording is dated in 1982. So okay. it's been going on for a while. And if you turn to the, it's, uh, the frequency is 4625. Uh, is that is AM that, or PM? Or uh, PM. AM or FM, I mean. Yeah. Well, it's so you're you're the sciencey person. It says this: the radio signal that occupies forty six twenty five. Uh, I think it's kilohertz. It's the the abbreviation okay. is K capital H Z. Yeah, that's kilohertz. Okay, um, I think it's a. I don't think it's like a, a radio station you can tune to in the car. I think it's a radio station on like a, a device that you have to tune to, right? No. Uh. Well, all all radio stations have a certain bandwidth frequency that they uh broadcast across. Okay. And there's AM and there's FM radio. Right. And um, AM, I believe, don't quote me on this because I'm, I'm not a radio person, but That's AM uh, radio travels further than FM radio, which is why most commercial radio stations broadcast in FM because then the same station farther away or the same frequency farther away can be used by a different station. Okay. So that way you, you sort of have more air waves that you can use um but am is frequented by like ham radio people truck drivers it's it's easier to access at far distances and i believe fm has the larger wavelengths but that's that's a shot in the dark that might be something to look up 
Okay. Um, I did not look up anything on, on radio stuff because I was uh, way more interested in the conspiracy section of this. So I don't, I don't know the sciencey shit behind that. Okay. Um, that's like, that's you. Okay. Yes. Um, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the shit you do. I don't do I mean, sciencey stuff. <laughs> so d- depending on, depending on if it is an AM or FM station, technically speaking, you might be able to tune into this on your car. Okay, well, you can definitely tune into it. There's a uh, website that you can go on um, that broadcasts the radio station because it's still going today. Um, it so it's known as the buzzer, but its official name is uh, I want to say Vulcan. Okay, uh, which is volcano in English. Right. I I don't know why that's its official name. Um, yeah. So it's some kind of call sign. So its origins have been traced back to Russia. That's pretty much confirmed. Um, Russia has not taken, like, has not officially, there is no official stance that it is a Russian, like, there's no official military stance that it's a Russian radio station, but it has been confirmed um, that it's broadcasting out of Russia. Um, The first reports were made at the station, oh, so the first reports were made in 1973. So it's been going on for at least since 1973, even though the first recording that we have is from the 80s. And... There are several varying theories of plausibility why it exists, um, but its actual purpose has never been officially confirmed. So, of course, there's just, like, a fuck ton of theories out there. Um, so, it's commonly known as the buzzer because of the the sound that is consistent. Uh, it okay. sounds like a buzzing noise. Um, oh, the station transmits using AM. See, I did okay. have that in my notes. Okay, so there you go. AM. Right. Uh, the signal consists, this is from Wikipedia, the signal consists of a buzzing sound that lasts 1.2 seconds, pausing for 1 to 1.3 seconds, and then repeating 21 to 34 times a minute. Um, and then until November 2010, the buzz tone lasted approximately 0.8 seconds each. One minute before the hour, then the repeating tone was previously replaced by a continuous, uninterrupted, alternating tone, which continued for one minute until the short repeating buzz resumed, although this stopped occurring in June 2010. Okay. Yeah. So the buzzer has apparently been broadcasting since at least 1973 as a repeating two-second pip, changing to a buzzer in the early 1990s. It briefly changed to a higher tone of longer duration, approximately 20 tones per minute, on January 16th, 2003, but it has since reverted to the previous tone pattern. So it's just this this station that has been confirmed coming out of Russia that it just mostly has this really long buzzing noise, and it's been mm-hmm. going on since 1973. So the thing is, a lot of people thought um, when the Berlin Wall fell with the fall of, you know, all that, oh, fall the- of communism, well, supposedly the fall of communism, I don't right. know, however you feel about that, um, that the radio station would cease to exist, but it, along with its other, like, sister radio stations, continue to broadcast. And in fact, since the fall of the wall, have actually become more, uh, what's the, like... Active? Active, yes. Because, um, in 1997, on Christmas Day, it, it broadcast a voice. Oh, snap. Um, so... And, and then I think that's, I think uh, there were instances of voices beforehand. See, this is where it gets kind of fuzzy for me because I have a bunch of websites that I went to, but I still can't confirm this. Uh, I believe there had been some 
claims of voices broadcasting before 1997, but I can't find anything on what those were. Okay. Um, so the first record, the first voice recording I have is from 1997. And do we um, know what the voice said? Yes. So it's a code. Uh, and I'm going to fucking get this wrong, and I'm gonna do the best I can. But the the message is, um, yeah, UVB seventy six, yeah, UVB seventy six, one eighty oh eight. B-R-O-M-A-L 74-27-99-14 Boris, Roman, Olga, Mikhail, Anna, Larissa 74279914. Okay. So it's a code. Right. And since the turn of the millennia, the voice messages have become even more frequent. Um, so let's see here. I have a few of those um written down somewhere. There was one, so there was one in 97. Um, there was one in 2003. But I can't find that. Um, I'm just remembering it when I was reading about it. There was, and there have been a lot, there was one in, so there's one in, on January 24th, 2013. was heard clearly Command 135 initiated. Yeah, Command 135 initiated. That was what was said. On, on January the... 24th, 2013. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So, it's... um. That's the day before my sister's birthday. Oh. Uh, obviously... Lovely. Lovely. Um, obviously, the, uh, the board 4chan, which I didn't go to because I don't go to that place, that dark place of the internet. Um, there is a board on 4chan that is very interested in the radio station because of course they are i yep. i was like i should probably go to it but i don't want to so i don't have any information on that <laughs> was there like a reddit one yeah so that's i found like... the reddit one <laughs> okay because this also seems like a very reddit thing right so i went to the reddit one because that doesn't terrify me nearly as much um it's literally uh our uvb 76 so really okay. easy to get to and i'm Actually, I have it pulled up because I decided to keep it up. Uh, and it's not super active. Um, it's pretty much just if something happens, they post about it. Right. So there was a so according to the Reddit, there was a voice pod podcast uh, six days ago. Oh hey. And it's I'm listening to it now. I didn't mean to open it, but it's it's uh there. So there's someone on the board. It's not a very active board. Um, there's only 350 people on it, which isn't which isn't a lot for Reddit. Mm -hmm. um, so someone recorded the complete broadcast. Uh, it's in Russian. I have no idea what it says. So they're asking Fine. people to translate it, but I don't know. So it's a lot more active now. So there was a void broadcast six days ago. A couple people posted about it. Uh, it looks like there was just one broadcast that repeated that day mm -hmm. in fact i'm trying to listen to it well no it sounds different oh no it sounds the same so it sounds like uh within 15 minutes of each other they they broadcast the same message okay uh and then two days before that there was another voice broadcast so it's been pretty consistently broadcasting since right. the turn of the millennia which is 
well, interesting. interesting or terrifying, depending on what you think it is, because there are a lot of, because because it's Russia, there's a lot of different theories on what exactly it could be. Right. Um, so let's see. Online chatter about the signal increased in 2010 as bizarre broadcasts were issued on an almost monthly basis. Uh, snippets of Swan Lake were played. A female voice counted from one to nine. A question mark was transmitted in Morse code. A strange telephone and strange telephone conversations were overheard by the receiver. And then the really interesting part is that since there are so many people listening to this radio station, they've been able to kind of like figure out some things about it. One of the things they figured out is it's not a continuous broadcast. Like it's not, um, it's It's not not, always going. Well, no, no, no. Well, not that it's not a recording that's being played. It's literally like somewhere there's a microphone set up and there's this buzzing noise that's being played. Okay. Yeah. So it's like there's a microphone set up next to it, which is why occasionally people will say they can hear conversations in the background because it's like it's just a room set up somewhere with a noise machine basically held mm-hmm. up next to the microphone. Um, so it's not like a, a digital broadcast. It's like no. this is something that somebody literally has a microphone is making noises next to it. Right, so exactly. the, the buzzing noises may be coming from a machine, but they're being transmitted via the microphone. Exactly. So in October of 2010, the station changed location. Uh, the, it says the flurry of activity and voice messages preceded the most important development in the signal since it began broadcasting in the 1970s. It seems likely that the heightened activity of 2010 was related to the establishment of the signal in a new location. The new call sign was read out after the move, MDZHB. Um, when it moved, they were able to, so people have, of course, been trying to figure out where it comes from. They were able to discover the transmitter for UBB-76, a Russian military base on the outskirts of Pavarovo. I'm not going to say this right. Uh, (laughs) A small town 19 miles from Moscow. Okay. And so a group of explorers went to visit that area to see what was there. Um, when they reached the town, a local man told them about the storm of 2010. One night, a dense fog rolled in, and the military outpost was evacuated within 90 minutes. So it seems extremely likely that that was the, that was where the, the signal had been broadcasting for nearly 40 years, uh, out of this military base. Now, again, the Russian military and the Russian government have not, they don't have any official stance on this radio station. We know for sure it's coming from Russia. But as far as the Russian government is concerned, it's it's not theirs, even though we can confirm that the signal was broadcasting for almost 40 years out of this military base. So when you say it's not theirs, do you mean that they're saying, no, the signal isn't coming from Russia, or no, this isn't a signal by, from the government? I think it's, no, this isn't a signal from the government, because I'm not sure. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to put anything past them, but I I'm pretty sure their official stance on it is uh it's not us i don't think it's it's not from russia and you guys are lying although again wouldn't i wouldn't put it past them (laughs) but odds are odds are it's just the government saying it's not us doing this bro it's not the government exactly i mean it it could be a private signal from somebody who's just so happens to also be on a military base it could uh they haven't yet found so, okay, after making their way across the site and avoiding the guard dog stationed outside, the groups found the bunker and military buildings in a state of abandonment. Possessions and equipment were strewn across the base. Icy water had filled the bunker, and yet clues were still to be found inside. 
One group described the military bunker as a quiet and lonely dark place, something like a maze with lots of corridors and rooms. And a book was found that contained a log of messages sent by UVB-76. The ethereal signal that had fascinated the world for years now had a physical presence along with confirmation that it had been run by the Russian military. But again, the Russian military will not confirm that it was them. So right. they ha- they they don't just have like the, the the triangulation of the signal on this military base. They also have physical proof that the signal was coming from there. Right. Um, the mystery still continues because they have not been able to triangulate the exact location from again i'm like looking through all my notes i read it last night um and okay yeah so unlike before it seems that uvb 76 is emanating from multiple transmitters across russia so triangulation has now given rise to three possible locations one possible location is the small russian village of kursino okay which has a registered populace of just 39 people oh oh dang uh, one signal can be traced here, but this isn't the fan favorite location. Near the Estonian border lies the Paskov Oblast. This is currently the most likely source of UBB-76 due to the multiple triangulation attempts that lead here. Recently, a new theory has been the cause of must di- much discussion amongst the followers. Could the signal be related to the Russian government ch- radio channel Voice of Russia? One location that appears during triangulation attempts is very close to a transmitter array southeast of Kolpino that is reportedly used by the Russian government to transmit state radio across Russia. So as UVB-76 settled into the new location, the dance of the little swans from Swan Lake was played. Instrumental passages from Swan Lake are a favorite of Voice of Russia. All right. So there's a lot of different theories on what this signal could be. Mm-hmm. Um the most alarming as far as i'm concerned is let's see if i can find it in my notes it would be great okay here it is the fan favorite conspiracy is that uvb 76 is the audible version of russia's dead man switch system in the case of a nuclear strike that cripples russian military command the automated system will launch a counter-strike while it's likely that russia does possess such a system it's fanciful to think that this humble buzzing sound is the noise of our impending nuclear apocalypse. <laughs> so that's the fan favorite, which is also, uh-huh. to me, the most terrifying. I mean, that it's possible, but the thing is, the fact that it is broken up by these, like, random, seemingly random passages, mm-hmm. that doesn't sound like a dead man switch to me. That sounds like... Because if you just want, oh, this is the confirmation that our system that will retaliate with nuclear weapons is still working then why have all these little weird bits in it yeah so that's the fan favorite theory the most credible explanation of ubb 76's purpose is that it is a military communication system operating across western russia the coded messages are announcements for various military districts enabling a simple means of communicating with multiple units at the same time as for the repeating buzzing noise, this is thought to be a channel marker that exists to discourage others from using the same frequency. So, while people aren't using it, uh, there are, however, a lot of listeners. Yeah. Uh, UVB76 also has a Twitter bot that <laughs> only has 131 followers, which I think is pretty interesting. I would have figured it has more because it's still a pretty, it's a pretty popular conspiracy kind of thing you know Mm -hmm. because it's still like no one really knows what it is uh and it's definitely connected to the russian military uh but since it's a bot 
or it says it's a bot. Uh, it's 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 literally like you go on it and it's just like beep beep beep. Like it's a million tweets that just say beep 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 or dot dot dot. So uh, somebody probably just set it up to record whatever was broadcast. Yes, and then yeah. every once in a while, and I would have to go back. It, it posts so often that it's like I was trying to go back to the last time there was a there was a signal. See, I can't even find it now. It's just it's just a million beeps. Too many beeps. <clears throat> I can't even find a, an instance of a voice. But supposedly the Twitter bot is there to give updates if you're not constantly listening. Right. Um, as well as the Reddit page, which is actually pretty great. It's it's um it's not horrifying. <laughs> I mean, I can sort of understand why people aren't following a bot that just says beep a million times a day. That's fair. I have seen weirder things on Twitter. <laughs> um, I mean, the fact that it could, I mean, when when you were describing it, it sounded like this, like, you know what a number station is, right? Yeah. Yeah, so th it sort of just sounded like a weird variation of a number station to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, I don't know. Uh, so while the mystery of UV, okay, so... Hang on. An image posted on Russian Wikipedia seems to confirm the military communication theory. A small framed piece of paper in an administration and enlistment office in the Russian army refers to 4625 kilohertz, the broadcast frequency of UVB-76. With this so prominently displayed, it's possible to confirm that the signal is not a dead man switch, nor is the signal intended to be a secret. Uh, the kind internet difficult huh? to be a se it would kind of be difficult to be a secret when they're broadcasting it yeah so the internet has for decades been listening to the internal communication network of the western division of the russian armed forces while the mystery of uvb 76 may have been solved its legion of followers and obsessives will continue to listen thousands of people across the world tune into the signal hoping to catch one of the ethereal voice messages for those in the know it's bemusing social phenomena but for the residents of 4chan <laughs> the radio scanner fans <laughs> it's far more than a communication network for them it's a sign of the forthcoming apocalypse it's an Woo! international spy network it's a secret russian space experiment um whether you believe the theories or not there's no denying the thrill that comes with hearing the distorted voice messages of uvb 76 so has, has anyone gone and like linked the times when it did something other than beep or when the beep changed to historical events I have not seen any of that. Um, I that was my first thought too. Um, yeah, because like there, if there's some connection between what like the the changes in the broadcast, then that could explain what the purpose of it is. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I mean, obviously, it is Russian military. I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit wondering if it's more a distraction than any because it's broadcast everywhere and everyone's listening to it. Like uh -huh. I don't I don't know how it could be, uh, an effective spy network if everyone's aware of it. I mean I know it's still in code, but still. Well, I mean if it's in code, then it's sort of difficult to decipher. And it's it's one of those things like even so even though. It's supposedly super public and everyone knows about it. You just went on to say the the Twitter for it only has a hundred followers. The people the Reddit forum only has three like three hundred people in it. Like 
the locals know about it, but maybe they don't care. Maybe like the it's become like the white noise of conspiracy in the sense that this like we know about it, but no one takes it seriously enough to think that it's something else. Right. Um. While the yeah, and while the fan favorite is the dead man switch, I have to agree with uh, analysis that that's pretty far fetched of a theory. Yeah. Um. Even though it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and, and the thing the thing that's most terrifying is all the analysis are like, oh, I'm sure it exists. This just isn't it. I'm like, oh, cool. I mean, probably. I'm sure we have one, too. I'm sure most uh, nuclear-powered countries have some kind of dead man switch. Oh, no doubt. Which is great. Yeah. So great. Just, like, listen, if we're going to go out, we're taking the rest of the world with us, apparently. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, yeah, okay. So the last thing I'm going to say... Um, before, if you want to discuss it more, the last thing I'm going to say is, um, uh, this, the reason I found this is because it was on Cracked, which I love. If you haven't, just, like, go on Cracked and search for, like, unsolved or mystery or whatever, and you get Weird things. Yeah, and they have great lists about stuff. Uh, I love it. Like, I love reading those articles. Like, this one that I found it on was posted in, like, 2006, so it's super fucking old. Um... But it's the best because they have our theory. <laughs> our theory is it's not a buzz tone at all. It's a message sent in the native language of a certain group of embedded Russian agents. Their native language being robot. And then there's a picture of just like Russian robots. <laughs> uh, so as far as Kraft is concerned, it's a calling station for the Russian robots that are going to take over the world. <laughs> Excellent. I'm a fan. Yes, this is this is a theory I can get behind. Yeah. So So there's that. <laughs> I mean, it definitely sounds to me like it's some method of communication. Um, it's like someone is rece- this this communique is meant for somebody, and if it's coming from a Russian military station, it's probably for the Russian military station, or like a, or a different one. It's it's for operatives. It seems to me. I guess my question is um, because I'm not I'm not sciency, so my question is more uh, why why it's not confined to Russia and why it can be broadcast across the world. Like, is there some reason? That is fully a frequency thing. So the reason that you can hear it from across the world is purely because it's using AM radio. Okay. Um, AM radio frequencies have really large wavelengths, which means that they are not easily blocked by things like hills or mountains. Mm. Whereas FM frequencies are. So I guess if you have to broadcast something across all of Russia... You then an AM frequency is the yeah. way to go. So then they wouldn't but, have a choice. Yeah, the side effect of that being other people are going to hear it. Like, you can hear AM radio frequencies from Australia in America. Like, AM radio frequencies from around the world are, they travel. And, like, you can't really control who's going to be able to pick them up. So if you want to talk long distance to somebody via the radio, you're pretty much making what you said public to everyone okay. who cares to listen. Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, obviously, I don't I don't know a whole lot about radio frequencies, but it's like you can actually now uh, because the the conspiracy is so prevalent. I can't believe I don't have the names of the other radio stations because I know I passed them and I I don't understand why I don't have them written down. Um, you can actually listen to it on like iTunes now. Even there's like an iTunes <laughs> station that you can tune to. Yeah, that's UVB seventy six. So if you if that's if what you, you want to listen to on your commute to work, 
If you're feeling like some nice beeps. Yeah. And the once in a blue moon Russian code. Yeah. And then it's like not just Russian codes, there's names. So I'm wondering if these are actual names or if they're code like they're code for something else or I feel what? like they're code names. Well that, yeah, code names, but are they that or people? this is like some sort of some sort of just elaborate ruse put together by very bored Russian soldiers. Because I know that's what I would do. Yeah. If I had just some radio equipment lying around, I'd be like, I know it would really screw with people. And then I would just, yeah, I would just have like a reoccurring thing. Just like one song that plays over and over again or a note or something just continuously playing, intermittently broken up by some weird thing. Just I'm actually really shocked I didn't see that theory in like, the websites that I pulled up, because uh, I that was my first thought is like it's a distraction. It's, it's just it's there really, just to fuck with us. It's just bored Russian soldiers who are like, let's screw with everyone. Exactly. I mean, I yeah, I would do that too. I mean, it's like I have access to, re- and I feel like it'd be like, hey, we have this idea. It's totally gonna fuck with the Americans. What do you think? It's and like someone's like, sounds legit. That yep. sounds freaking hilarious. Do it. Yep. They knock so, back some vodka and then they set up the ham radio. <laughs> see even and the vo- the vodka in that situation is also me <laughs> me and me and vodka have a long history all right well that was super interesting yeah so i mean and if you want to if you want to brave fortune it's the x board it's literally okay. x um which i guess is the conspiracy theory board i'm never going there <laughs> i fortune is the elephant graveyard of the internet <laughs> like of the of the overweb 4chan is the elephant graveyard. 4chan's fucking horrifying. There's like the deep, dark, creepy, dark web that we're not gonna go into. Yeah. The dark net. The dark net. The I dark mean, net. it's pretty. It's like right there at the edge, you know? Like, edge of dark net is 4chan. <laughs> the like edge the, of dark net. It's like the gateway into hell. <laughs> but yeah, that, so that's uh, UVB76, uh, the awesome. Russian radio station that no one really knows what the fuck it does or why it's there. <laughs> But if you well, want to hear, someone knows. Someone knows. Uh, the Russian military knows, but they aren't telling. No. So uh, I don't know. Maybe. Well, it, it seems to be more frequent now. But since the, uh, that's that's an interesting question. I would want to know why. Since the turn of millennia, it's gotten. There's definitely ha- there definitely has to be some sort of link between the broadcasts and things that have happened. And I really like if I gave more of a crap, I would go in. <laughs> And I would link, I would scour, like, well, what happened around the time of this broadcast and see if there were any significant reasons for a change. Like, were there any political moves that happened in Russia? Were there any sort of, like, military actions or anything? Was there, like, a freaking bureaucratic change to how the Russian military had to do its paperwork? Like, was there any sort of change? If this was a real podcast. If this was a real investigative podcast, if we were real human beings who <laughs> gave craps about anything, yeah. we would dig more into this. We would, we would have just a two-hour long session on Justice Radio Station. But that is not us. I, no. I just really like this shit. I don't, I don't want to do that much research. My, my research extends to, oh, there is a 4chan board I'm never going on. <laughs> I'll go on the subreddit. I will not go on the 4chan board. (laughs) What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? 
At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step away from this, this strange modern mystery of technological what-sits. And we're going to travel back, way, way back, to the 1600s, friend. All right. This is approximately 20 years before my previous story. Jesus. Okay. Um, listen, I, I, I'm sticking with a time frame, apparently, you which really? is the late 1600s, early set, or late 1500s, early 1600s. So, like, the Spanish Inquisition. It's a great the time. Spanish Inquisition. That is where I'm at. Great time for my people. <laughs> Um, as, as a person who is, was like freaking a eighth Spanish, I apologize. That's okay. On behalf of, of the Inquisition. I mean, I to be fair, my family's also German, so. So, you know what? We're all, we're all just covered in the We're all in this together. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're going to talk about the lost colony. Yeah. Ah, uh, right. okay. Yeah. All right. Roanoke colony north carolina you really wanted to talk about this for a while i did because when i was but a wee lass in <laughs> freaking history class in charlotte north carolina they talked up roanoke like it was some crazy cool super conspiracy and like oh what happened to them we'll never know and it was just kind of a thing that was overhyped i feel by my middle school history teachers yeah I feel like it's because North Carolina has so little going for it at the moment. <laughs> they've got Especially right now. <laughs> they've got the Wright brothers. They've got Roanoke. There's probably other things, but I can't think of them. Those are know. the only two that come to mind. Right now, just as a side note, right now, uh, I saw this joke on Twitter that it's like uh, South Carolina has changed its name to North Georgia because they no longer want to be associated with North Carolina. Okay, listen. <laughs> the reason why South Carolina exists. Is because South Carolina didn't want to be associated with North Carolina, but at the time South Carolina was worse. Yeah, yeah. Because they and so North Carolina's like, sure. I mean, I don't, I don't know if we can say South Carolina isn't worse. It's just they aren't, they aren't There's... public about it right now. Anyway, all right. So Roanoke Colony, Dare County, North Carolina. So the year is fifteen eighty three. And uh, Queen Elizabeth I has given Sir Humphrey Gilbert the charter to colonize North America. And Sir Humphrey Gilbert, the reason why you have not heard of him is because he drowned in an aborted <laughs> attempt to colonize Newfoundland. <laughs> uh, yeah, he did not really do great in the colonization effort. Oh. Which is the reason why you have not heard of Sir Humphrey Gilbert. He's the moon moon of colonists. <laughs> he is the moon moon of colonists, man. 
So what happened was his fleet went to Newfoundland and they had a bunch of issues with getting there with rough seas and just weather in general being a pain in the ass. But as soon as they got there, they stayed for only like a couple weeks. They never attempted to form a settlement because when they arrived, they realized they did not have the right supplies. <laughs> so they did not have enough food or building supplies or anything to actually form a settlement. So they only stayed in Newfoundland for like a couple weeks. And then decided to go back. <laughs> oh my god. Um, and this is great. So how did, we, her- how did we continue on as a species? I, man, I don't know. <laughs> uh, the Listen, the English colonists, this entire story, if it's anything, is a just an illustration that the English colonists had no idea what they were doing. So, like, the fact that they colonized most of the world is just fucking luck. It's, it's, bl- it's blind luck and just some sort of weird happenstance, I swear to God. Um, well, and the plague. And the plague. <laughs> so, and smallpox. the plague, smallpox, yeah, um, smallpox. Yeah, smallpox. So, so they got to Newfoundland, said, oh, crap, guys, we forgot everything. And then they <laughs> turned around and decided to go back. On the return voyage, Gilbert, Gilbert insisted on sailing on his favorite boat, the HMS Squirrel. Are you um, fucking kidding me? No, it's called the HMS Squirrel, and it was Humphrey Gilbert's favorite boat. Oh my god, he's the he, moon of colonists. He literally multiple times had, there were several <laughs> issues during the crossing. They had several issues that required him to hop over to other boats in the fleet. Um, what were they called? The, there, okay, so there was the Delight. Um, there was another one that that's name escapes me. I didn't write it down. I only wrote down the Delight because the Delight had a bad way. Um, oh, no. <laughs> none of them, as far as I can tell, none of them were as stupidly named as the Squirrel. Who the fuck is naming these boats? So what happened was uh, the during their return voyage, um, he made a controversial change to the course for the fleet. Um, and there were a lot of more senior sailors who were involved, like officers on other boats who were like, this is a bad idea, bro. You shouldn't do that. And he's like, screw you. I do what I want. Um, and so they traveled along a path that was probably not great because it caused the ship delight to run aground and sink with the loss of all but 16 of its crew on a sandbar in the Sable Islands. Oh my God. So yeah. Um, the Delight had been the largest remaining ship in the squadron and contained most of the remaining supplies. Of course it did. Yep. Oh, man. Um, fun fact, later in the voyage, they spotted a sea monster, which they said resembled a lion with glaring eyes. Just Ooh, in the water. A, that's a cryptid we could do later. That's a cryptid. The, the Atlantic sea lion. Except it's an actual you. lion. Has a mo- okay, I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on the Amistad UK song. Um, so yeah, so multiple times Gilbert traveled to and fro from the other ships in the fleet to con- like converse and like figure out what he was supposed to be doing from the other captains. And there was a great one where uh, one he went to another captain of the fleet, and the, when he was on that boat, the captain insisted that he stay on that boat and not return to the Squirrel saying that the squirrel was overgunned and unsafe for sailing. Oh my god. Gilbert returned to the squirrel anyway. I just, um, the, the fact that the ship that fucking sank with all their supplies was named the Delight. Yeah, I know, right? I just want to highlight that for a second, and then we can move on. <laughs> uh, 
Um, when the fleet encountered high waves and heavy seas, the squirrel was nearly overwhelmed, but recovered. But not a day later, the ship went down with all hands. Of course it did. <laughs> yep. And that was the end of Sir Humphrey Gilbert and also his contract to colonize America. So, uh, the charter was given to Sir Humphrey Gilbert's half-brother, Sir Walter Raleigh, who you have heard of because he did not die at sea. Raleigh like like the capital. Raleigh like the capital, yes. Um, so he gained the charter from Queen Elizabeth I, and he subsequently executed the details of the charter through his delegates Ralph Lane and Richard Grenville, mm -hmm. uh, who was Raleigh's distant cousin. So the time is now March 25th, 1584, and he's got the charter to colonize the area of North America, and it basically is to establish military bases to counteract activities from Spain to colonize the same area. So the, the goal was to build forts and bases to prevent the Spanish from coming in on this sweet, sweet land. Um, in... 19, in, sorry, 19. In 1584, Raleigh dispatched an expedition left by Philip Amadis and Arthur Barlow to explore the eastern coast of North America. They arrived in Roanoke Island on July 4th and Aww. soon established <laughs> yeah, and soon established relatives, relations with the local natives, the Secatans and the Croatoans. Yep. Barlow returned to England with two Croatoans named Mantillo and Juan Kees, who were able to describe the politics and geography of the area to Raleigh. And then based on the information they were given, Raleigh organized a second expedition led by Sir Richard Grenville. Alright, so this is the first official colonization effort that was made. Mm -hmm. So Grenville's fleet departed Plymouth, on April 9th in 1585, with five man ships, five main ships. There was Grenville's ship, the Tiger, the Roebuck, the Red Lion, Elizabeth, and Dorothy. So not as dumbly named as the Squirrel. No, like pretty, pretty standard names, I feel. Pretty standard ship names, um, all of which were mildly. And I mean, like, this didn't go super well. This again <laughs> is. This is another example of how, like, man, back in the day, nobody had any idea what they were doing. Yep. So the Tiger was separated from the rest of the fleet by a fairly severe storm, but the plan was if they got separated, they were supposed to meet in the Caribbean. So the Tiger arrived in Guatemala Bay on May 11th to meet up with everybody, except no one was there? <laughs> so they just kind of hung out until the Elizabeth eventually showed up, but none of the other boats did. Uh, in the meantime, they built a fort down there to hang out in, I guess. Um, but Grenville got bored of waiting for them eventually and abandoned the fort he built on June 7th to go find the other ships. So they were there for, like, less than a month. <laughs> they were there from May 11th to June 7th, and then he was just kind of like, you know what? Nah. 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 Um, so they abandoned this fort, the location of which is unknown. Uh, we could never find actual, like, evidence of it existing other than records that, from written record. Mm -hmm. um, the tiger sailed through Okeechobee Inlet on June 26th and struck a shoal, ruining most of the food supplies. 
They re- succeeded in repairing the ship in early July and reunited with the Roebuck and Dorothy, which had arrived in the Outer Banks of North Carolina with Red Lion some weeks previous. The Red Lion basically just, like, dropped everybody off and then screwed off somewhere to go privateering. Um, the fucking Uber. <laughs> like, basically, it is the Uber of Atlantic ships in the 1500s. Jesus. Um, so this is the first attempt to colonize this area. And this is the moment where the curse kicks in. Because during the initial exploration of the mainland coast and native settlements, the Europeans blamed the natives of the village of Aquasca... This, it's, sorry, it's Aquascagok. Aquascagok. I'll say it right one day. That's okay. I had all those Russian names that I'm sure I mispronounced every <laughs> single one of them. The Europeans blamed the natives of the village of Aquascagok for se- stealing a silver cup. As retaliation, the settlers sacked and burned the village. Of course they did. And this is where things get cursed. <laughs> this is where this the curse where happens. This is where the cur- not not the fact that all of their ships fucking sank. That was incompetence. This is just <laughs> listen. You you sacked and burned a native village over a silver cup that you said they stole. Y'all are cursed now. Yep. I don't make the rules. That's just what they are. Yep. I mean, if only if only Andrew Jackson had been cursed. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so despite this incident and the general lack of food because the tiger had crashed, uh, Grenville decided to re- leave Ralph Lane and 107 men to establish a colony on the north end of Roanoke Island, promising to return in April 1586 with more men and fresh supplies. Um, as April 1586 passed, there was no sign of Grenville's relief fleet. Meanwhile, in June, bad blood resulted from the destruction of the village. Well, yeah. And this this has spurred an attack on the fort by local Native Americans. As, as you do. As you do. Um, soon after the attack, Sir Francis Drake was on his way home from a successful raid in the Caribbean, and he stopped at the colony and offered to take the colonies back to England. Um, it literally, the article just said, several accepted. <laughs> but I can imagine I'm pretty sure how it went was Sir Walt Sir Francis Drake just rolls up in his boat and is like sees this sort of like starving decimated colony he's like do you guys want to ride home <laughs> and a bunch of them were like please yes <laughs> but several not all several several, several accepted um, the relief fleet arrived shortly after Drake's departure with the colonists. So Drake leaves with a bunch of them, and then the reef fleet's like, hey guys, wait, what? Where are you all? Like, there are significantly fewer of you than there were when we started. <laughs> I mean, some because of death. <laughs> it literally says, finding the colony abandoned, Grenville returned to England with the bulk of his force, leaving behind a small detachment of 15 men both to maintain the English presence and to protect Raleigh's claim to Roanoke Island. God, fuck England. So, <laughs> they, <laughs> so to recap, they, they burn and sack a Native American village, thus cursing themselves. Then right. the Native Americans retaliate for the res- destruction of their, their village and the general assholishness of the colonists. Sir Francis Drake rolls in and takes a bunch of them home. Right after that, Grenville returns like, hey guys, I'm back with all that food I promised. Oh wait, none of you are here anymore. Never mind, I'll just go home, I guess. <laughs> and then leaves 15 dudes behind. So just be like, watch this spot. Here, hold my seat. Yeah. Make sure nobody takes it. 
pretty much. Bye. You're literally, you're literally hiring seat fillers. Basically, yeah. But also, I couldn't find any promises he made to, like, come back for them. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, chill here. I may come back. Fucking Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Um, so yeah, so in a year later, in 1587, Raleigh dispatched a new group of 115 colonists to establish- I can't talk. That's okay. Raleigh dispatched a new group of 115 colonists to establish a colony on Chesapeake Bay. They were led by John White, who was an artist and a friend of Raleigh's who had accompanied the previous expedition of Roanoke and was appointed governor of the 1587 colony. So this is take two at colonization. (laughs) Um, White and Raleigh named 12 assistants to aid in the settlement, and they ordered a stop at Roanoke to pick up the 15 dudes. So they, they were like, yeah, we'll do it. We'll pick them up. We, we're going to give them a firm date, but they're, they're sure still there, right? They're for sure still there. Those 15 dudes, it's been a year, but they're probably fine. They're totally loyal to the country that fucking abandoned them. Um, so when they arrive on July 22nd, in 1587, they find nothing except for a skeleton that may have been the remains of one of the English garrison. Jesus. They literally find just the skeleton. Just one. Just one. Just one. There are 14 other unaccounted for dudes that they left behind. That was they the did mother. not tell them. That was the motherfucker they- on the jury that wouldn't vote with the rest of the crew. <laughs> Basically. So, um, when they found no one, the master pilot... Simon Fernandez refused to let the colonists return to the ships. <laughs> instead, insisting they establish the new colony at Roapoke instead of Chesapeake Bay. Roanoke so instead wait, of Chesapeake Bay. Is this take three? <laughs> this is take take two. Well, so technically speaking, there was the first expedition to colonize, take one, when mm-hmm. they landed and then they realized they didn't have any supplies and they went back. Okay. So take two is Richard Grenville coming to America landing get like leaving all his people behind they curse themselves and then sir sir francis drake takes them home yeah and then take three they're (laughs) supposed to go to chesapeake bay they do not go to chesapeake bay because when they arrive to pick up those dudes they left behind this this man simon fernandez is like actually you can't get back on the boat we're gonna do this here there's got to be a point where you just give up on North Carolina. Like, it's not Histor- worth it. Historically, it hasn't happened yet. Um, so, uh, his motives for insisting they stay in Roanoke remain unclear, but new evidence indicates that the decision to alter the Chesapeake Bay destination had already been agreed to prior to their arrival at Roanoke. So it's possible that they decided instead of going to Chesapeake Bay, they were just going to stay in Roanoke, but they didn't tell anyone until they got there. Right. Just, like, the dickest decision to these colonists. <laughs> who don't want to be in this cursed place. <laughs> but you know what? They don't get to choose. So John White reestablishes relations with the Croatoans and other local tribes, but those with whom Lane had fought previously refused to meet with them. Golly gee, I wonder why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there was an incident soon after they landed where uh, a native man killed a colonist. So it sparked this growing fear of attack from local tribes. Yeah, I feel like that um, was warranted. I feel like it was indeed warranted. <laughs> like, I'm I'm definitely on the native people side of this. I'm yeah. like, no, 
No, y'all were just trying to not die because of these colonists coming in and saying you're stealing cups. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so the, the colonists are freaking out about it, and they persuade Governor White to return to England to explain the colony's desperate situation and ask for help. So White leaves and leaves behind 115 colonists, um, plus his newly born granddaughter, Virginia Dare, who is the first English child born in the Americas. Um, which is another thing that I learned about very extensively in my North Carolina history class. That's hilarious. I had never heard that name before. You've never heard Virginia Dare? She no. is literally, everyone in North Carolina knows Virginia Dare because she is the one person we've got going for us. Again, it's the first, it's the first, like, second generation English person in America. No, we, uh, instead of that, we took the entirety of my fourth grade year in history learning about the California missions. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't until I was much older how <laughs> I realized how freaking horrifying they were. Yep. They don't tell oh, you that man. shit when you're, when you're nine. <laughs> no, history's terrifying. Uh, so yeah, he leaves behind these 115 colonists and his plus one new baby daughter, granddaughter, the first um, English child born in America. No one comes back for them for three years. Oh, good. I am certain that nothing happened to those poor people in the three years they were left. On so the this cursed I, land. This cursed, <laughs> cursed land. North Carolina the never reason, recovered from the curse. The reason why no one came back. So White sailed for England in late uh, 1587. He had plans to get relief, like soldiers and additional supplies, and send them back, but they were delayed by the captain's refusal to return during the winter, uh, because the seas were rougher during the winter. Then, uh, the attack on England of the Spanish Armada and the subsequent Anglo-Spanish War happened. So every able English ship joined the fight, leaving White without means to return to Roanoke at the time. Okay. Well, at least that's, In like, a better excuse. I mean, like, it's like if they if he were to roll up after that and they'd be like, bro, where were you? He's like, there was a war? <laughs> I guess. I feel like I would accept that as an excuse of, like, okay, fair. Yeah. Um, able, uh, every able English ship already read that. In the yeah. spring, in the spring of 1588, White managed to acquire two small vessels and sailed for Roanoke. However, his attempt to return was thwarted when the captains of the vessels attempted to capture several Spanish ships on the outward bound voyage in order to improve their profits. They themselves were captured, and the cargo was seized by the Spanish. With nothing left to deliver to the colonists, the ships returned to England. No one accepts. No one accepts. No one expects the Spanish. I'm just gonna stop there. No one expects the Spanish, like, period. <laughs> um, so... Finally, White gained passage on a privateering expedition organized by John Watts and Walter Raleigh. Uh, they agreed to stop off at Roanoke on the way back after raiding the Spanish in the Caribbean. White landed on August 18th, 1590, or 1590. It would be his granddaughter's, Virginia Dare's, third birthday, but found the settlement completely deserted. There was not trace of any of the 90 men, 17 women, 11 children any buildings or signs of struggle or battle 90 men and 17 women i know the ratio is super off for that but like <laughs> colonists man i don't know that's that's a horrifying ratio so this is where the creepy crap gets in this is the sort of conspiracy stuff we were taught in my middle school history class the right. only clue 
was the word Croatoan, carved into a fence post around the village, and the word C-R-O, carved into a nearby tree. In my imagination, whenever I was told this, I imagined it was C-R-O and then the beginning of an A, but then it just, like, trails off as if someone died <laughs> mid-carving it. That's how I always imagined it, but there's no proof that that was how it was. All right. Um, I mean, you can you can pretend. I can pretend. Uh, all the houses and fortifications had been dismantled, which meant their departure had not been hurried. That is what the thought process is. My thought process is, if someone came and got them, they probably could have just dismantled everything after the fact? Yeah. But the the prevailing theory is that they left of their own volition. Right, because there's no sign of struggle. There's no sign of a, a battle or struggle. Yeah. It had been three years, though. That's, so, yeah. like, would there have been? We just don't know. That's true. Um, before he'd left the colony, White instructed the colonists that if anything happened to them, they should carve a Maltese cross on a tree nearby, indicating that their absence had been forced. There was no cross, and White took this to mean that they had moved to Croatone Island, and, uh, but he was unable to conduct a search. Okay, wait. He expected them, if they had been forced out of the colony, to have, to, like, their captors would have allowed them the time to, like, carve a fucking cross into a tree? The idea is that, like, if they had to flee the the, the settlement in the sense that, like, they ran out of supplies or they were being attacked, okay. somebody was in charge of going to that tree and carving a cross in it. Just, like, a little cross. Alright, I still think that's, like, there's there's some foresight there that they should have really thought yeah, about. Yeah, I... There, there probably should have been some other additional backups, like something that they had to reset every day, and if they didn't reset it, then it's like, oh, yep, somebody came and got them. The like, 16, they're gone now. The 1600s version of the dead man switch. <laughs> it's, the, it's the 1600 version of the button that you have to press in the lost bunker or there something. There you go, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's bananas, man. Uh, so he would wanted to construct a search of Croton Island to look for them, but a massive storm was forming off the coast, and his men refused to go any farther, and the next day, they left. Alright. Twelve years went by! Fuck. Before Raleigh decided to find out what happened to his colony. Including, like, his granddaughter. Like, this is this dude's granddaughter. Yes. No. Yeah, okay. Is, yeah, no, it is literally, it is... Well, Raleigh came back for it, but no, White, White the guy, yeah. it's his granddaughter, Virginia Dare, is, like, his, presumably his his child and grandchild are with this colony, and he's just not looking into it anymore. He just does not give a shit. He's washed his hands of them. They're gone, man. This Jesus. Is the, this is the 1500s. They are gone. Um, But 12 years went by, and then Raleigh, sitting in, in his, like, fancy house somewhere, is like, Wonder what happened to that colony I tried to set up all those years ago. Yeah. I should look into that. So, led by Samuel Mace in 1602, uh, which is the year that Mary of Jesus was born, um, this expedition <laughs> differed from previous voyages in that Raleigh bought his own ship and guaranteed the sailors' wages so they would not be distracted by privateering. So they wouldn't try and freaking pirate any more Spanish ships. Gosh dang it. That went that wrong out every so time well. we tried to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, however, Raleigh still hoped to make money from the trip, and Mace's ship landed in the Outer Banks to gather, uh, like, a bunch of natural resources that they hoped to sell when they got back to England. By the time they turned their attention to the colonists, the weather had turned bad, again, and they were mm. forced to return without even making it to Roanoke Island. Okay, there comes a point when you have a fucking calendar 
And you should be able to figure out what times during the year. This is storm season. And it's, we shouldn't go here then. Like, how the fuck did the English colonize so many countries? Listen, I have no idea. It gets even dumber, though, because by the time that uh, Samuel Mace's ship got back, Sir Walter Raleigh had been arrested for treason. (laughs) And they named the capital after him. He was unable to send further missions. It was already, it was, it's, listen, it's, this is what we got. This is all that North Carolina has. Jesus Christ. It's the Wright Brothers, Roanoke, Virginia Dare. That's about it. I know Roanoke and I know the Wright Brothers. I never knew about, see, Virginia Dare doesn't even make it all the way to California. She is like a sort of, um, Virginia Dare has become like a sort of quasi, like, American mythological figure. Um, in the sort of the same vein of Paul Bunyan. So could we like at do, least on the East Coast? Could we like do a whole thing on her? Is that like cryptid? Possibly. Could, does that count like a human? Cryptid? I don't think Virginia Dare is a cryptid. I do not think <laughs> people are claiming that Virginia Dare like kills their their goat farms or something. <laughs> I don't think people are claiming to see Virginia Dare in the woods. Um, I that's I seriously doubt it. Okay, well, I mean, you say it's that now. Along, it's more along the vein of like she is a sort of like. Uh, she's a sort of figure in history that people romanticize and that ah. like they attribute certain things like oh Virginia Dare did this um, where in reality she was probably just like a normal colonist woman alright that, at that's... least on the at least on the east coast I think that's for a different podcast to cover I don't think we, we gotta go through that whole cryptid song before we start on that shit <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah um, in 1605 Five years later, the Jamestown settlement was established, and efforts were undertaken by the English to acquire information from the Powhatan tribe about Roanoke. Um, so you may know, all of this may sound familiar, because freaking the Disney movie Pocahontas. Um, yeah. The first definitive information- That's a bastion of historical accuracy. <laughs> oh, yes. The first definitive information uh, concerning the fate of the lost colony came from Captain John Smith. Leader of the Jamestown Colony from 1608 to 1609. This motherfucker. This guy. According to the chronicler Samuel Purchase, Smith learned from Chief Powhatan that he personally conducted the slaughter of the Roanoke colonists just prior to the arrival of the Jamestown settlers. Yay. Woo. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, the second source of Chief Powhatan's involvement was William Strachey, Strachey uh, Secretary of the Jamestown Colony, from 1610 to 11. Um, Strachey wrote a book which seemed to confirm Smith's report and provide additional information. The colonists had been living peacefully among the natives um, beyond Powhatan's domain for more than 20 years when they were massacred. Furthermore, Powhatan himself seemed to have directed the slaughter because of prophecies by his priests that he would be overthrown by people from that area, and he reportedly produced several English-made iron implements to back his claim. However... No bodies were found, and no archaeological evidence has ever been found to support this claim. Furthermore, re- recent re-examination of the Smith and Strachey sources have suggested that the massacre described by Powhatan was actually of the 15 people left behind by the first Roanoke expedition. <laughs> but there was, but out of those, that was the one of those 15 people, they only found the one skeleton, right? Yes. Okay. So they left those dudes behind, and the 14 of them it appears, were living peacefully amongst the natives until this dude 
got a prophecy saying those guys are gonna kill you. So Powhatan slaughtered the rest of the fifteen, the fourteen. Jesus. Um, is this where the the theory? Because isn't there? Um, is that where the they said that there were blue eyed native children? Ah, so that is okay. we're getting to there. Okay. So literally, this is the now we're getting to the section of what the hell actually happened to them. The prevailing theory is that because they were low on supplies and they were unprotected from native tribes that were like upset with them. Mm-hmm. They integrated with the friendly-ish Croatoan tribe. The one they didn't, um, like, raise their village. The one they didn't freaking sack and burn the village down of? There there yeah. aren't a whole lot of them. Yeah. Uh, um, that one, the, the Croatoans were like, I mean, like, you haven't burned down our village, so, like, sure, I guess. The prevailing theory is that they integrated into that tribe, and there is a lot of uh, anecdotal evidence of... Some native people who claim to have colonist ancestors. There is a story about somebody meeting a blue-eyed um, native with a Welsh name, mm-hmm. which is largely considered to be not true. Oh, okay. That particular story that a lot of people quote is largely considered to be untrue. However, there are additional stories, none of which have been completely backed up by science, because um, it's sort of difficult to track that sort of thing. Yeah. That the colonists integrated into the Croatoan tribe. And that is the prevailing, most convincing theory. Mm -hmm. Um, However, from 1937 to 1941, a series of stones were discovered that claimed to have been written by Eleanor Dare, mother of Virginia Dare. They told the travelings of the colonists and their ultimate deaths. Oh. Um, L.E. Hammond, a Californian tourist, claimed in 1937 to have found a stone inscribed by Eleanor Dare. It stated on one side that Eleanor's husband and daughter were dead and asked the finder to communicate this to her father. So the stone said, um, Anais Dare and Virginia went hence unto heaven in 1591. Mm-hmm. And then it says, um, Annie Englishman's show, John White, Governor, VIA. Mm-hmm. On the other side, it explained that all but seven of the columnists had been killed by quote-unquote savages and was signed EWD. And this was found uh, in California. This no, this was found by a Californian tourist oh, in okay. North Carolina. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> it's like, man, that traveled far. Uh, in nineteen forty, forty-seven more stones allegedly been found by local farmer William Eberhart. They were they told a complicated tale of the fate of the lost colony. The stones were addressed to John White and called for revenge against the quote unquote savages, or told Eleanor's father. Um, that the direction taken by the survivors a stone dated in 1592 indicated that the survivors had reached a sanctuary in the Nenichi valley area and lived there in primitive splendor <laughs> a stone dated in 1598 indicated that eleanor had married the king of the tribe jesus while another said that she bore uh, the chief a daughter that the tribe was furious and asked for white to send the infant girl to england a stone in 1599 announced that Eleanor dares death and said that she had left behind a daughter named Agnes. Hey! So most historians believe that these are not real. They think that these are fake stones. Yeah. Um, but there is a couple who believe them to be genuine, mostly because the, the method in which the messages were carved in the stone was done so with tools that would have been around at the time. The spelling of all of the words is indicative of how things were spelled at the time with that current English. 
Um, there's reason to think that they like could be real, mm-hmm. but there is no definitive proof that they are. Are they not? And able a lot like, of historians, a lot of historians think that they're frauds. Are they not able to like date them? Well, I mean, the rocks themselves oh, yeah. could be that old. There's no way of knowing when the carvings were made. Okay. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but you can't really carbon date a rock. <laughs> I mean, because you could, rocks, but it's pretty useless. Rocks have been around for a real long time. Yeah. You you could. It's just, it's not going to be could. much good. You're not going to get a lot from it. You're not going to get a I lot from it. I was wondering if they could date the carvings, but again. No, there's not really a way to do that yeah. so much. Yeah. They can only say... Um, they can only say the method that they used to make the carving, whether or not it would have been available to the colonists at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, if it was drilled in with a Dremel tool, we're yeah. pretty sure that the colonists didn't do it. However, it appeared to have been chiseled in with a method that they could have accomplished so in it, the 1500s. So if it's a fake, it's a really good one. It's a, If it's a fake, somebody spent a lot of time on this. Yeah. They carved 48 stones in the person. freaking 1930s. Like, yeah. that's... That's some serious dedication to a, a joke. <laughs> um, so it is also possible that the colonists created a different settlement um, that is was further from the current one uh, in an attempt to like protect themselves from retaliation by the natives. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that evidence of it could not have been found because of shoreline erosion. The northern shore of North Carolina between 1851 and 1970 lost 928 feet because of erosion. In the years leading up to and following the brief life of the settlement of Roanoke, shoreline erosion was following the same trend, and it is likely the site of the dwellings is underwater, along with any artifacts or signs of life. So that could be a reason why we haven't found any evidence of where they went, because it done got, like, flooded. Yeah. Um, so that is, that is Roanoke. And... Basically, we aren't super sure where they went. They went somewhere. Yeah. But we don't. We still aren't really 100% sure where that somewhere is. I feel like the English should just... They're like, oh, it's a fucking curse. We don't have to look for him. Basically. Like, the entire multiple tries they made to make this stupid colony... All of their expeditions were fraught with peril and failure and people being freaking arrested for treason and drowning at sea. I and like how the guy they arrested for treason is what North Carolina names their capital after. Yes. That's very indicative of North Carolina. Listen, he was super rich and he probably founded a bunch of stuff. That's I don't actually know what where we got I, from Sacramento. I'm sure it's Spanish. Every every everything's fucking Spanish here. Everything <laughs> is Spanish in California. Yeah. San Francisco, San Diego, Los Just Angeles. Saints. Yeah. Saints and Angels, man. Yeah. In North Carolina, it's everything is named after an English settler or the Queen. Yep. That makes sense. Yep. Yep. That is how it that's how it goes. Well, I was gonna say when you said Sir Francis Drake, I'm like, we have a we have a street named after him. Yes. Yes, we do. He is a very famous explorer in America. Yeah. yeah. And he took all of those poor colonists home. Those ones made it out. They made Those it. colonists made it out, man. They got out of the horror show that was the attempt to settle Roanoke Island. Like a fucking horror video game. <laughs> Literally. Just, like, don your, your bonnet and your little shift dress and attempt to settle Roanoke Island while being freaking murdered by angry tribespeople whose village you burned. Yeah, I was gonna say, for good reason. 
for excellent reason. Oh, God. The All while you're suck. starving to death. <laughs> oh, man. Not even to get into, like, everything that happened with Jamestown. Yeah. All that nonsense oh. of them running out of food and almost starving to death and being unable to plant because they arrived at the wrong time of year and the cannibalism. Yeah, like, again, they have fucking calendars. Like, yeah, listen, figure this shit out. <laughs> the East Coast is a terrible place. That's fair. That's why. Yeah. Weather, weather wise, it's pretty. It's pretty wrecked there. Yeah, I was complaining about uh, weather here earlier, and then I was like, well, it's still not that bad. <laughs> listen, you could have been on the squirrel. I could have been on the squirrel. You could have been on the HMS squirrel. Jesus Christ! I mean, I don't know what's. I don't know if that's better or worse than Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> um, at least, at well, least Bodie McBoatface is like supposed to be funny. I mean, you already said that freaking Humphrey Gilbert is the Moon Moon of colonists. That's true. So it's the Moon Moon of colonists on the Bodie McBoatface of boats. Yeah. I also Except- have to say, I was looking for my name in the MST3K credits, which I think I just fucking forgot to send them like the proper spelling of my name, and I'm really pissed about it now because my name's not in the credits because I donated. But um, when they were when they are at the bees, there's like five Bodie McBoat faces. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah. yeah, that is my story about Roanoke. That is I'm Roanoke. firmly. I'm firmly behind the belief that they probably just integrated into the native tribes. That's what I always thought. Yeah. I didn't because know I didn't know the story about the blue-eyed child was fake though. Yes, that was that's one of those things that the common misconceptions like the kangaroo story from Australia. Oh yeah. That's not real either. There's a bunch of stories that people like hear to to explain supposed things, but not the kangaroo true. story is fun though, especially the kangaroo story is fun. I like how they brought it up in Arrival. It's a great. Yeah, movie. I loved it. I was very pleased that they they said it was fake yeah. after the fact. They're like, it's not true. I'm like, okay, good. Yeah, they know. Uh, unlike um, unlike that whole movie surrounding the we only use ten percent of our brains with. Uh, I that is one of my least favorite things ever. The ten percent of our brain thing. Yeah. Though when you when you look back at. Uh, 1500s european colonists you can kind of believe it <laughs> yeah yeah uh still there's there's a fucking conspiracy for you how the shit did england colonize half the world like they are clearly incompetent so yeah yeah um i'm firmly I, like i said i firmly believe that they they integrated into the the native tribes and then the soil erosion thing makes sense to me that we can't find any evidence of their like yeah. movement or settling because it's just washed away it has literally been like 400 years well and you guys you guys as if you still live there uh <laughs> you get hurricanes in north carolina don't you sort of by the time they make their way up they're generally just pretty bad storms they're not hurricane level usually uh, at that point okay um we do get like once in a blue moon a hurricane will hit that high up on the west on the east coast is um, it like one of those things where like that uh you guys are getting hurricanes now because of climate change or like would they have still gotten hurricanes 400 years ago oh no they would have okay i mean they're they're worse now because of climate change but i'm pretty sure that the the storms in that area were always hellish okay in the 10 years i lived there the storms were fairly hellish yeah so it makes sense that they would have been also 400 years ago Mm -hmm. when they were freaking knocking ships about and preventing people from colonizing that's true yeah fair enough yeah um yeah that's fair (laughs) yeah 
And that is my tail. That is the slightly less mystified Roanoke Lost Colony. I don't know. I still think stuff like that is fun. Like, even even stuff that it's solved. Yeah. It's sort of, it's super interesting to me, but mm. in a less mystical sense. Like, it definitely, when I was when I was a kid, it was hyped up as this weird supernatural thing that made you feel like they had all just disappeared in the night because of some weird ghost thing or something. Mm-hmm. Like, the ghosts of the Native Americans they killed came for them in the night. Oh. Or something. Yeah. I mean, I but, think it's it even gets more interesting when it's like there's this, like, pretty simple explanation for what happened that they were pretty certain about during the time. Right. And yet you still have this prevalent, like, mystical theory that's being taught in your school. Well, it's, it's mostly just around the idea that we don't actually know what happened to them. We have yeah. some pretty good solid theories, but we don't have definitive proof that this is where they went, this is what happened to them. Yeah. We couldn't find any writings from them. There is no, like, archaeological evidence from them. There is literally nothing after that point, after, like, 1580-something, they just drop off the face of the earth. There is nothing. And that's kind of creepy. That is creepy. Even if they, even if they, like, joined a local tribe and lived peacefully for the rest of their lives, it's still super creepy. Because they literally- Like, why didn't you guys leave a note? Yeah. Well, I mean, they did abandon them. They were like, fuck you they, guys. <laughs> they did abandon them for several years. I think after the first two years, when freaking uh, White didn't come back, they were just kind of like, he's not coming back. Yeah. He's he's not coming back with the help that we sent him out to get. God, that's nuts. That's so nuts. Um, that's actually more interesting to me now because I was always like, oh, like, this has been solved. Like, I was, I thought for sure it had been definitively solved. I didn't realize... It was still, like, mysterious. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, not that cool, because um, the English still fucking suck, but still. <laughs> Look, yep. you, you have, like, they, you, they can't blame me for thinking that. They, they brought the reputation on themselves. <laughs> so that is, I think that's, that's it for both of our tales. Yeah, that's it. Our tales of mystery. Tales of mystery. Intrigue. One- more recent than the other. Actually, both times I've done something pretty recent, and you've done something super ancient. Not ancient. Though, um, I'm thinking about getting a little more recent for the next one. Yeah. But not super recent. Yeah. I mean, I still have my ancient ones that I love. So, we'll see. I just, I, there's some interesting stuff that I wanted to knock out. Um, and I'm, I'm pleased with what I have learned. I wanted to do the... The civilization, I don't know if you've heard this, the thing, I wanted to do this, but it's sort of like a five minute explanation, which I can tell you right now is like, we have all these documents in, I think it's Greece, from ancient Greece mm-hmm. about this settlement that they constantly like traded with, and they have all this information on that settlement because the the they knew it would be important for later generations. The only thing we don't know is where the fuck it was. I remember hearing about <laughs> that, yeah. Like I they, remember that. It was somewhere in Northern Africa, wasn't it? Possibly, but they can't know, yeah, they don't like, know for sure. They, they, I, I think it was like they hypothesized that there was like a settlement, like a community in northern Africa, somewhere in like the Egypt or or uh, what's it, Ethiopia yeah. area. My favorite and though, my favorite though is when I was reading this explanation is like literally the Greeks like had all this information because they knew it would be important later. But they but, never said where. But it they was. never said where it was because they couldn't fathom <laughs> that later generations wouldn't know where the fuck this place was. And that. Children, is why you always say, 
You always put an address. Yeah. On your correspondence. Yeah. Okay. So that's all I got on uh, crazy Russian um, radio stations. I'm sorry. I, there was two other ones, and I don't remember their name. You, you'll come to you. It's yeah. okay. In like an hour, I'll be like, oh, shit. But You'll be calling me like, I remember them. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, that's that's all I got. Um, all right. Well, this was fun. Yes. Always This fun. was good. Uh, and, uh, we should be able to pick up later on more mysteries of, uh, history, I guess. It's, but... Drop bears are not real. <laughs> Look, out of everything that comes out of Australia, that actually seemed like the least horrifying. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. Ed's gonna listen to this and make fun of me forever. Yes, he is, and I look forward to it. Oh man, okay. I look for I revel that day will be delicious. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna come in July when we see him at Comic Con. He's yep, gonna make fun he's of just, me the entire weekend. He's gonna mock you unendingly. <sighs> That's okay. I deserve it. It's gonna be great. It's okay. Yeah, I'm sure I, we're gonna get to a point where I I'm gonna get you on something. I don't know what. <laughs> You're going to find something that I believed to be true, and you're going to be like, no, you're wrong. I don't know what it's going to be, because you're the science-y person. I'm the fucking... <laughs> I went into art. Like, that's my excuse. <laughs> I looked at all the math I had to do for everything else, and I went, fuck this. I'm just going to make shit up for the rest of my life. <laughs> uh, and then I got really disturbed at how much math I had to use in post-production. Like, fuck you guys. <laughs> Listen, you can't escape math. There I really no can't. I opened After Effects for the first time years ago, and I went, oh, god damn it. <laughs> and now I use that every day of my life. <sighs> but yeah. All right. All right, that's it. That's all I got. That's all I got. All right. So I guess we will see you next week. Next week. Next, uh, we decided on Fridays? Sure. Fridays. Fridays are, Fridays are conspiracy days. You can sit back with your beer or not. <laughs> Sit back with your cryptid friends. With your cryptid at your friends. cult at your cult meeting. You and Bigfoot at your cult meeting. Yep. Talking some sweet conspiracies. Yep. There you go. On Friday nights, that's what you do. On Friday nights. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are you gonna? Do, you want to do the sultry, the sultry radio voice? Oh, the sultry, the sultry outro. Sultry. The super close to the microphone, low voice, like, sultry outro. We'll see you later. Have a have a good week, guys. Have a good week. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.